0: Of course, the crowd wants Reed to go for it. Wouldn't be surprised if he did on 4th and 1.
1: So, you know, with that time, serves. Welcome to 4th and 1. I'm Todd Palmer, joined by Nick Jacobs. And, man, what a final weekend of the NFL season. I guess that 17th game worked out pretty well for the NFL this year, Nick.
0: Dude, all the stars in line for the NFL in a way that I don't even think they dreamed would fully come to fruition the way right? that it did. Because, I mean, to have the Chiefs uh, – I mean, let's look at it this way. To have the Chiefs-Broncos game when it did, go to the wire like it did, keep fans' interest, you're going to hold most of that audience ratings-wise. Then on Sunday, having the Texans-Titans game be competitive, held the interest for most of the AFC on that one. The Steelers-Ravens going to overtime, and Steelers getting the win for that. And then that puts pressure. you know. And then the Colts just opening up the door with their loss. Yeah. With the against the Jaguars, who are gonna have the first overall pick in the NFL draft, and then you know having the having all that create the window for everybody, have forcing them to watch the Chargers Raiders. Didn't matter if you're a football fan, if somebody may have placed a bet on something, like it was all like the amount of people. I'm I'm curious to see what the ratings are gonna be when it comes out about who had, who had better ratings, Kansas city or Pittsburgh, because I think they're easily going to be in the top five along, obviously with Las Vegas and potentially Los Angeles. We'll see, but uh, San Diego actually may end up having more San Diego traditionally does well for chargers games rating wise, but I'm I'm just really curious to see who's going to have the better ratings between Pittsburgh and to have it go down to the wire to the final two seconds of that game. The NFL is like, Oh, please. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Like the ratings that they're going to get and what they can charge advertising rate wise, it's going to be, it's going to be everything they could dream of. But we do have to talk about a little piece in that game. Why did Brendan Staley call the timeout?
1: Analytics. It was probably analytics told them to. Why? No, I mean, I, I think the Raiders were going to be content there to just, run out the clock like I
0: were and it looked like Crosby told Eckler that that when they were showing players talking over top and I'm like oh no
1: I mean look it it was a it was a ridiculous game right I mean the Raiders got up big early and then and then well got it by a couple scores early and then the Chargers fight back it for me, there was a sense of inevitability that the chargers were, you know, once they got within 17, 14 at halftime, that they were probably going to pull away in the second half. And instead they struggled. And then to come back the way that they did, um, well, I, I, I was a little surprised that they went for, for two, um, when they did, because I, I think you had a chance to extend the game. Um, if you didn't, I mean, you know, I, I get, I get, you know, why you go for two there. Cause it makes your job easier down the road. But I, I also, it's a risk reward for me. And, and if you're down nine with four and a half minutes left, the game's pretty much over. I mean um, you, it's going to be hard to pull that one out of the fire at that point. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I don't know, uh, but I mean, it was compelling all the way through. I really thought once it got to overtime and the, and the Raiders weren't able to score the touchdown and then the Chargers were forced to to finally, you know, kick a field goal on a, on what one of seven fourth downs they converted in the game. Um, I really thought um, overtime was a possibility. And I think if there had only been two and a half minutes left, I think the Raiders would have just run the ball, run out the clock, and and it would have been a tie. I think the fact there were four and a half minutes left, um, you know, m- you know, forced the Raiders, you know, they couldn't just kneel out the clock at that point. They had to play. Next thing you know, they're near midfield, but that Staley timeout is is just, I, I'm not sure anybody but Brandon Staley knows what he was doing there.
0: I, I honestly, I truly believe in my heart that the Raiders head coach, Versace, when he saw him call that timeout, he's like, oh, okay, I was going to let you get in the playoffs with me. Okay, now I'm going to go for blood. And he did. Well, think, here, check out this he, field goal, bro.
1: I mean, he he still didn't. I mean, they called the run play. It's just the Chargers couldn't make the playoff tackle. And all of a sudden you go from a, you know, a 55 plus yard field goal to a 47 yarder with the guy who's eight for eight in those situations this year and has never missed a kick at Allegiant stadium in the two years it's been open. And he's just like, okay, well, young whippersnapper, let's see what the analytics say about you going home at nine and eight and not making the playoffs at all.
0: I I wonder I wonder how many NFL coaches around the league right now are just like sending a private message, uh, whether it's an email or a text or whatever to uh, Versace. You're like, Hey, thank you. Thank you for showing analytics guy that. Thank you.
1: Well, I look, I think, you know, there's been this narrative that, you know, like, Oh, Brandon Staley is like changing coaching. You know how much
0: I hate that word narrative.
1: I know, but this is also a team. This is also a team that, that choked hard against the Texans, um, you know, and that, that had every opportunity. I mean, just, you know, what was it? December 16th, you know, they, they were, you know, a play in overtime away from winning the division and, you know, and ending the chiefs reign and and having a home playoff game. And, and then they absolutely fell apart down the stretch. And, yeah, I, I asked the question on Twitter, uh, although I did ask if it was a bigger, bigger game for David Carr or, or Justin Herbert because I was an idiot and I was in a hurry. And, and a lot of people, you know, said that they think this this was a bigger game for Derek Carr because he's never gotten the team to the playoffs. But, I, I mean, with everything that happened with the team this year, with, with the Henry Rugg situation, with the John Gruden situation, you know, with, with the Josh Jacobs injuries, with the way they blew up the offensive line before the season – if the Raiders didn't make the playoffs this year but finished 9-8, and eight, I, I that still would have been progress for that team, I think. Um, this, was a, this was Justin Herbert's first career playoff game. And for most of, you know, and, until midway through the fourth quarter, he was mediocre to bad um, and, and ultimately, you know, lost, you know, to what I think on paper is an inferior Raiders team.
0: Well, some of those, some of those clutch throws are down the stretch and oh, conversions, he money man. Money down the road, down the holy stretch. heck, man. He I mean, better you hope can, he better hope Mike Williams comes back next year and doesn't hit free agent, right?
1: You can see why he's got the talent, but I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, he is 15 and 17, and and he he didn't get the team into the playoffs this year. I, I think, I mean, he's going to have plenty more chances. I think to make his mark, but I think this, I, I mean, he he's. He's still got to show that he can win a game when it matters to me.
0: All all I know is the three things I take away from this. The Chargers need to be thankful for the Colts against the what? Jaguars. <laughs> I know. That's one. I just love the fact, like, somebody tweeted out, they're like, they they had 35% capacity at the Jaguars game, and fans were wearing clown suits yeah, most of because clown of how suits. bad the
1: team was. They're flying they're <laughs> fly fire Trent bulky, you know, clown, you know.
0: Did you, hey, did you see the Jumbotron, what happened, that I retweeted?
1: Yeah, where they said, you know, she, they said... Here hear your choices. A B C. She said D fire Trent Bulky. She said C. She
0: well, no, she said C. She because the lady thought she was gonna answer the question was C, and she's like, Oh, okay, yeah, no, C, fire Trent Bulky. It wasn't even part of the yeah. question.
1: Oh, that was a great day for Jacksonville. I, here's the thing, though, like, had the Colts won the, the Raiders Chargers game, that like it would have come like so. what that one of those teams would have had to win to get in, right? right? So, so it would have changed the dynamics of the Sunday night football, this whole intrigue about, you know, everybody rooting for the tie before the game starts and then nobody thinking it's possible when it's 29 14. And then all of a sudden this, this, you know, not miracle finish, but insane, insane finish that the chargers authored down the stretch. Cause those last two drives, they overcame a lot to just to get to overtime and you know, and then to have that, will they, won't they just like run out the clock and just take the dub, the tie and, and, and a win-win for both of them. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, you got to thank the Jaguars for making all that possible, <laughs> you know, cause and if then, they don't, if they don't beat the Colts, then the, you know, the teams have to play for the win there. You, you're not even thinking about the time.
0: I'm just curious to see what the Raiders Chargers uh, rivalry is going to be like here in the, in the coming years, especially if rich is still around, yeah, to go against, gets uh, the job. if he gets the job, if he maintains the head coaching job and, uh, and, and then that happens, we can talk about the coaching situation, uh, around the league later, but right, right, man, I'm telling you that Raiders chargers game. That's, that's actually, that's actually something I want to see in prime time now. How,
1: how much though, you know, kind of switching gears here, you know, when the Texans dig it, Three touchdown hole at halftime, you know, everybody's like, well, that's about what we expected, right? But yeah. how, how, what was your reaction and how excited did you let yourself get at the possibility that the Chiefs might actually be gifted the bye and the number one seed as the Texans, you know, kind of, you know, rallied and made it close there?
0: When I mean, when it was, when they got the two point conversion and I was like, oh, wow, they they have a real chance right now. That was whenever I was, I was, I actually, I was, I was very intrigued at that point. And then once the, once the Titans, Julio Jones had that, uh, had that sit down route for the touchdown and give him his first touchdown of the year, that's when I was, that was like a gut punch. I'm like, man, they're not, Texans aren't getting it. And then, you know, then they throw the Danny Amendola play and you're like, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I I want to, but I'm not going to let myself get too excited about it. So I mean, but I'm sure a lot of other fans did. They're like, it's gonna happen, man. Chiefs are gonna get the one. It's gonna happen. But it was funny because when it, once that game ended, then it, then CBS switched over to the Steelers, uh, the Steelers Ravens game. So you're watching that in overtime, and like I, I mean, I'm rooting for the Steelers because I want one big Ben to at least get one more game, you know. And then to to see that, I mean, that was that was kind of fun. So it uh, it was it was a very. It was everything the NFL could have dreamed of for the final weekend. It was everything they wanted the playoff uh, push to be, and in, in ratings wise, I'm sure they will just crush it.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, you know, the Colts laying a big old egg has to be the surprise of the weekend. But well, I mean, you also and over on the NFC, you know, they had you had the 49ers, you know, fighting for their playoff lives, um, you know, with the with a nice rally against the Rams, and you know, it, it was New Orleans that was. Um, you know, kind of hanging on and, and uh, unlike Pittsburgh, which ended up overjoyed um, after Brandon Staley's timeout and Daniel Carlson's field goal, you know, the saints ended up, you know, kind of watching that whole thing fall apart. Um, and, and, you know, Sean Payton and company will be home uh, for the playoffs. Um, but I really feel like this worked out about as well as it could for the chiefs. Cause we went into this weekend, the odds were pretty darn strong that the Chiefs were either going to face the Colts, assuming they beat the Jaguars, which there's no reason you wouldn't think they would, uh, and, and if the Raiders had won like they did, then then that would have been the Chiefs' opponent. Or if the Chargers and Colts had both won, you'd have been staring at, uh, you know, the Chargers. And I, I, neither one of those matchups were were matchups that I was particularly excited for the chiefs to have in the first round. Uh, you know, the chiefs run defense against Jonathan Taylor did not excite me. And we've seen, you know, how, how, how tough it, you know, those chiefs chargers games are, but now they've got the Steelers, you know, the Patriots, and, and you're going to know what you're playing for going into, right? Cause the Raiders Bengals and Patriots bills are on, are on Saturday. So you're going to know all day going into Sunday, you know what? What's waiting ahead, and and so you know, like if the Bengals win and and the Patriots upset the Bills, you know, hey man, you remember that Bengals game a couple of weeks ago? We beat the Steelers. We get it. We get a shot at redemption at home. You know, I mean, there's, uh, but this, I, I, this just worked out about as perfectly as it could for the Chiefs, as perfectly it was as it could have possibly worked out for the Chiefs.
0: Well, and if you look at it from an AFC perspective, aside
1: from the Texans winning, of course.
0: And if you look at it from an AFC perspective, they have enough symmetry in there. We get two AFC North teams, two AFC West teams, two AFC East teams, and you know, you get the one AFC South team. So, I mean, from that perspective, I mean, you know, it seemed like a lot of years it was like three, maybe even four AFC North teams in there. And, uh, but now it, it's good symmetry there. But no, I mean, look, I'm, I, I it's unfortunate that, you know, I'm going to have to be rooting for the Chiefs to send Ben Roethlisberger into retirement. Uh, I, I don't feel uh, like that's unfortunate at all. I, I you know, I'm gonna feel bad
1: about it rooting for a man's career to end. I, I mean I, I know he's okay got more
0: him. money in his bank account than I'll ever have in my lifetime, but you know, I'm still he's, gonna feel bad about
1: it. He's got plenty of baggage. I'm not gonna be sad. He's got his rings, he can go. I'm done.
0: Either way, it'll it'll be intriguing. I mean, Steelers will give everything they have and Chiefs should hopefully have everybody back at that point. So,
1: you know, and, can they can they I mean I don't think the Chiefs were... they beat him 36 ten. I'm not convinced that the Chiefs are that much better than the Steelers Um, and you look at what Najee Harris did running the football um, you know like again I I worry about that Chiefs run defense uh, but I mean of all the matchups that you that they could have had right I mean in theory it was Colts, Chargers and Steelers were the most likely the Steelers is far and away the best matchup for them isn't it
0: it's one of the top two. The Raiders, kind of, I, I think the Raiders would have been a little bit easier for them. I'm not saying it would have been a tough game. I'm just, you know, I know three times in one year is tough and everything. But the Chiefs just know how to manipulate that Raiders defense in a way that
1: other teams clearly don't. <laughs> so, well, and, yeah, but that that was going to be a tough one to to work out. I mean, it was going to be hard for the Raiders to end up being that that seven seed and facing the Chiefs. So.
0: I mean, it, it wasn't going to be hard until somebody called a timeout.
1: <laughs> right. Well, no, yeah. I mean, if they had tied, but I'm saying when you go into the weekend and you're like, well, there's no way that game ends in a tie. So the way this is going to work out. Um, yeah. I, I, I thought best case scenario was the chiefs get the Steelers. Um, and there you go. They got the Steelers.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, now they got them. So look, I mean, it, it, I'll be interested to see how the approach changes for both teams. And we'll discuss that later on this week. And What the Steelers did after, because I mean, the Steelers, man, they've, I mean, I'm not going to pretend they haven't struggled for quite some time. So before the Chiefs and even after the Chiefs, it, you know, Ben's given what he's got left, but it, it it tanks running on empty. So if the Chiefs can slow down that run game and, you know, I mean, try to throw some wrinkles at the Steelers, I mean, we'll see what happens. As long as uh, (laughs) the biggest thing I'm going to be curious about is who's the, uh, who's the ref
1: and his crew for that play. Let me ask you, do you invite Eric Fisher or Alex Smith back to bang the drum for this one?
0: I mean, <laughs> Fisher's technically under contract with the Colts, so I
1: don't think you can technically do that. I mean, you, I think you can invite him. I think it would be poetic justice, you know, since he was the one that got flagged for that Um hocus pocus holding penalty like you know i i mean i would i would make him a vip for this one if he wants to maybe they can have the jaguars mascot up there for it. <laughs> yeah what's Shad con or Trent trim <laughs> no. uh, um no so i like i think it's going to be a fun a fun playoff weekend um you know you can watch the game on kshb 41 nick you're going to be putting together uh a I don't know if it's official, but I assume that you're going to be putting together pregame show, countdown to kickoff at five o'clock. No one's going to be interested in watching Forty ers Cowboys, are they?
0: Speaking of Forty, <laughs> it, um, I mean, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Megan or I'll produce it one the two. I'm not sure. We'll find out. Right. We'll, we'll find out on that one. It'll be later in the week. I'm gonna, I'm gonna enjoy tonight because I got a new episode of the final episode of Dexter. I'm gonna watch after this podcast. No, so. no
1: spoilers, please. <clears throat>
0: I'm I can't give you spoilers. I haven't watched the final episode, so uh,
1: he probably killed anyways. somebody though.
0: So, anyways, um, <laughs> yeah, moving on. Um, yeah, now I, I I I was stunned. I'm sorry, but Monday Night Football, ESPN, they in my opinion they got the they got the least appealing game on their air to close out the playoffs. I mean, I'm I'm just I'm the Cardinals Rams to me just isn't. I'm not enamored with that game. Personally.
1: Yeah. Eagles Bucks isn't a game I'm in but, love with, but you've got Tom Brady. So. You've got
0: Tom Brady and you don't know who, you don't know who's going to take their
1: shoulder pads off and throw them in the state. Right. Right. But here's the other one. Like, I don't know. Like, I mean, does Mac Jones, Josh Allen really move the needle in terms of ratings? I mean, it, it, it's new England, but I, I mean, I don't, I haven't paid enough attention to see what the ratings for Patriots games have been since Brady left. So
0: it, I I think there'll be enough e- intrigue there with Billacheck and if he can if he can duplicate that first win or how it is compared to the
1: you know him and Dable <laughs> aspect of it I so mean, maybe ESPN had a chance at Patriots Bills and be like no that didn't work out very well. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> no there was a there's a problem with the wind. Um They're like no no. no. We'll just take Cardinals Rams
0: please? <laughs> I just I, I feel like every network was going after that Cowboys 49ers game yeah. and yeah. I feel like CBS is the one who got that one. So it wouldn't, it wouldn't stun me if that
1: they got first dibs and then it went from there. Yeah. And I look, I mean, I think Steelers chiefs is, is, you know, maybe the next most enticing matchup from ratings perspective. I, I don't know. I, I, I Raiders Bengals. Um, I feel like that's, uh, the Bengals could win. I could see the, uh, the Bengals should be a heavy favor. Although if Joe Burrow's more banged up, I mean, he, he got, you know, he got um, pretty banged up in that chiefs game late. Um, I could see the Patriots upsetting the bills. I could also see the bills coming out and, and flexing a little bit like they did a couple of weeks ago. Did you give the Eagles any chance against the bucks? I mean, I mean, I, in the NFC, is it green Bay and everybody else, or is there a team that you do like over in the NFC?
0: Um, I mean, I think it just comes down to who who the Bucks are able to get back. I think that I think that plays heavily into it, because I mean the cow. I, I I mean the final four teams that are going to be standing in the NFC is going to be the Buccaneers. I think the Cowboys are going to be standing, in the Rams. So it'll just kind of be a mat. You know, I think those will be your final four, and when they go fr- and then when they go from there, I mean we'll we'll see at that point. But I I think I think the Packers are going to be in the NFC Championship. It's just a matter of. Which one of the which yeah, one of
1: the teams is able to kind of yeah, match well, them bucks, in that Bucks or Cowboys that they that they're facing? Yeah, I think, so Yeah, because they, be they have to if yeah if the Rams make it, they, they have to, the Rams that have, the Rams have to go to Green Bay as the four seed in the yeah you know depending on how that shakes out if there are, if there are no upsets. Um, I don't know. It should should be fun. Okay, let's before we start dive in a little bit deeper into the playoff picture. I do want to go back to Saturday and yep. um I, I was I was preparing myself mentally for the fact that the the Broncos were going to hang a really ugly L around the necks of the Chiefs. And then Melvin Ingram blows up Melvin Gordon, Nick Bolton scoops it up and and goes 86 yards, um spinning off Drew Lock, which was fun to see a little mizzou on mizzou crime there. Um and you know, I, I just it's 13 in a row. You know, Nick Bolton, he, he's he hasn't been getting a lot of, you know, he's been getting limited snaps second half of the season, but still when he's in there, he's making tackles, he's making plays, you know. Um, do you have any concern about the performance that the Chiefs had in Denver, you know, looking forward to the playoffs now? Or were you just happy to see them, like, find a way to get through it and put the pressure on Tennessee for Sunday?
0: Um, I, I personally I, – I think it – I know this is going to sound weird, but I think it came down to Zane Anderson's running into the punter. Right. Running the punter. Yeah. Like, that to me is kind of what – turned that spark on for the Broncos. Because the Broncos, to me, looked like they were about ready to lay down. It was going to be Drew Locke and everybody – you know, just Drew Locke trying to will – his team into position and it just it looked like the Chiefs were about to take over that game and and as Mitch Holtis was they put put the hammer down, but they uh <clears throat> Anderson wasn't able to you know get out of the punter's way um when he tried to block that punt and that that's two weeks in a row where he's had a play that's really kind of arguably <laughs> arguably changed the tide of the game. Twice, yeah, because that with that hold against the Bengals on the kicker turn. That potentially could, I mean, there was other plays, but that was one of the ones that potentially could have lost them the number one seed. And then that one could have been another one if the Chiefs hadn't been able to put it together against the Broncos and Melvin Ingram doesn't come up with that tide turning, you know, jar, jarring hit that allows Nick Bolton to take the momentum and
1: turn the tide and kind of change the emotions around. And, and it's tough because you know, Zane's a practice squad guy who's been kind of elevated. I mean, he's trying to make his mark, do, do what he can on special teams, hustle, make plays. And, you know, most people didn't even know who he was probably until, you know, he got whistled for that. And a lot of people had probably forgotten his name until he are the bunter. And then they're like, get this guy out of here. I feel bad for Zane. I don't think that he's out there and the chiefs have had plenty of issues on special teams, but He's like an offensive lineman who, you know, um, who has too, too many holding penalties. Um, you know, he he'll, he'll go down potentially as one of the guys that we know most for penalty. Like I think Greg Minuski is another guy that we, you know, he had the 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 holding penalty that that cost a Stoyanovich field goal and a fourteen ten loss in the ninety seven divisional playoff. If you go back a few years before that, you know. Dave Zott had a holding penalty on a Nick Lowry field goal that, the, that probably cost him a game in Miami. Um, you know, so he, he Zane Anderson may have worked himself into chiefs infamy for his, uh, his penalty prowess.
0: I mean, uh, I, I think he's going to be the likely guy that if they have to make a move and bring somebody up from IR this week, whether that may be, you know, or that's Colin Saunders or Chris Lamons or somebody of that nature that I think he's, Probably the one that they're going to have to waive and then put back, try to put back on practice. Going if they yeah. Can. I
1: mean, uh, Lammons is a special. You know, he's been a, was a special team standout before he went on IR in the first place. So that'd be an obvious kind of like for like move. And then you just hope Chris Lamons doesn't have a costly penalty against the Steelers. He's one of their top <laughs> gunners for a reason. Yeah. Um, look, the sloppy track made me a little bit nervous because I, you know, I'm I'm like, oh boy, just it. The, the chances for an injury or for something crazy in this game, um, you know, were, were amplified there, I thought. Um fortunately that didn't really come to, to fruition. But, you know, Tyreek Hill did reaggravate or or re-injure the the heel, whatever the case may be. It's something he's dealt with for you know three years now. Um and then Darrell Williams hurt his toe on the last play before scrimmage that got him over a thousand yards from or last play of the first half that got him over a thousand yards for scrimmage. Uh, for the season, which one of those is a bigger concern for you, moving into the playoffs, Tyreek's Hill or Daryl Williams's toe? Um,
0: Tyreek's heel is definitely going to be. Uh, that's the one that you you really hope can get healthy before Sunday and do whatever you have to do on that one. That's that's kind of the that's a primary that's a primary one that you know you really. I mean, don't get me wrong, you want to see Daryl Williams out there too, and you hope his toe's okay. You know, Kel, you hope Kelsey's hip strain's okay.
1: But, I mean, who we'll see. Um, The one thing, I mean, if if I remember in the past when Tyreek's had the heel heel issue, if this is similar to the one that he had in 2018 and has has been head off and on, he's always said it hurts more when he walks than it does when he runs. So you see him start limping more when he's slowing down or when he's trying to run slow, um, you know, going in motion on sets and stuff like that. But he's always kind of said it doesn't hurt as much when he's sprinting. So. That's why I was asking about what which ones you know might be a bigger deal because if it doesn't really affect Tyreek Hill on his routes and you know and, and trying to get downfield as much, then then maybe the Daryl Williams toe becomes a little bit more concerning than the relative to the heel.
0: I just I think with Tyreek, the the more you can have him out there snap wise is gonna force defenses to play certain ways and open up things for other players. This in all honesty, this whole playoff is gonna be about among McCall Hardman and Byron Pringle both had strong games against the Broncos. Yeah. Can either one of those guys step up? Jerry McKinnon, who had a big day, can he step up? You need you need those guys to kind of be like Damian Williams. And if and if, mul- if multiple guys of those three can can do that and kind of be the Damian Williams during their playoff run, like the Chiefs go to a whole different level. They just they just need other players to be able to do that to help Tyreek and Travis not be the, not be the guys that have to be dependent on with Mahomes scrambling
1: around, right? And, and look, McCole Hardman Jr. had his first career hundred-yard game. He was fantastic. Eight catches, hundred three yards. Um, Byron Pringle has been pretty darn steady this last month, month and a half. You know, getting three, four, five catches. A lot of times, meaningful catches. Um, you know, and and helping out the offense. And and you've had contribute guys like Blake Bell. I mean, they you know he he get usually it's only one or two catches, but he's had some important ones as this this season's kind of long. If McKinnon can be uh, healthy and be a, a difference maker, I think that that you know having him back, seeing what he was able to do, I agree. I think that lessens your concern about Williams, and I think you know Clyde Edwards Hilaire should be trending back toward uh, being available too. So I think you're, you're feeling pretty good about that. And, um, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like coming out of that, the chiefs came out of that Broncos game about it in about as good a shape as they, they could have assuming that Kelsey, you know, didn't, uh, pick up an injury, you know, on, on that last catch he had.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I know that the broadcast said it was kind of a hip, hip strain and I know they reset said was it was well, fine. Yeah. No, yeah. So We'll see as the week goes along with the injury report, which I mean, with the cheese plant on Sunday is a typical week. So Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we'll keep tabs on that injury report and see how things shake out on Friday. And then obviously the other thing you're crossing your fingers on is that, uh, you know. Don't even say it. You're, I know you're, what you're like I said, you're just, you're, just, you're, just, you're, just, you're just crossing your fingers. I don't have don't to say it. it. I'm not I, going I, to. People should have picked up on it by now and we don't even have to talk about there it. There are
1: several guys that don't have to worry about it. There are others that do. <laughs> so we'll see how everything shakes out, but it'll, uh, I'll be interested to see if the NFL adjusts their testing protocols. Now that the playoffs are here, <laughs> Look, man, I wasn't even going to go down that
0: road. You, know, you
1: keep, <laughs> keep going down that road. We're not going to go down that road. We're going to take a U-turn right now. Let's go the other way. Um, all right. So how do you see the playoffs shaking out? I mean, we know how it's going to go. The Chiefs will know exactly what the road in front of them looks like before they take the field against the Steelers, um, which will probably keep Andy's assistants busy uh Sunday morning. Um, he'll probably have a few back of house guys starting to pull tape and work on some stuff just so they can hit the ground running should they beat the Steelers. Um, you know, but I mean, is this even again? I mean. It's the playoffs. Anything can happen. You know, I mean, we'll, we'll see what the weather's like. And, and, you know, like you said, there's other factors that could come into play, but this certainly feels like a game that the chiefs should win. And we should be talking about a divisional playoff game at home the next week. Right.
0: You hope so. I mean, the thing you're looking at and you're rooting, you're rooting for is the, as an advanced scout, basically is is they've done all the prep work from, you know, from playing the Steelers uh, the day after Christmas. And the Steelers have only had two games since then. So I mean, everything you're just adding on two things analytic, you know, in terms of breakdowns, you're just adding on two things to it. So from uh from prep work and from cut-ups and everything, like you're 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 honestly you're not having to start from scratch completely. So that I think that that's tremendous in that regard. And so it'll uh yeah, I think I think they can hit the ground running. So in all honesty, most of the advanced scouts can probably start on. If they win, they they play these teams. And the benefit for the Chiefs is that they already played they already played the Bills and they've already played the Bengals. So you're just picking up a couple more games of the, you know, you're picking up another technically another game of the Bengals and whatever they do in the playoffs, you're adding that one to the mix. The one you're probably doing more heavy lifting for would potentially be the would be the Bills from that week six on. Right. So that's probably where the advanced scouts having to put more work into on that one in terms of cut-ups and what they do on this down. First down in this, they do this formation and all those type of breakdowns that they'll do.
1: Yeah, because it, it if the Chiefs win, then they can't face the Patriots because the Patriots would be the lowest-seeded team left should they upset the Bills, so they'd automatically go to Tennessee. So you don't need to worry about the Patriots quite yet. Um, so anything else you want to talk about on the playoffs, or I do want to get your thoughts on one more thing before we put a bow on this one
0: let's see what your thoughts are. They or I mean, your question is, that you want to get thoughts on I'll see if we keep extending this thing. Uh,
1: well, we now know who the chiefs are going to play in 2022, man. So I just wanted to throw out the oh. 2022 schedule and, um, just initial reaction. I mean, look, they play the NFC West and the AFC South. Um, you know, and then, um, the 17th game, the crossover game means they'll be at Tampa Bay, uh, because that, uh, you know, because they're the division champions and the Buccaneers are the division champions and the is on the road next year. So uh, you know, next year the Buffalo's coming to Kansas City, you know, uh, you get you get the Jaguars, um, but you, you know, you also got the Rams, the Seahawks, and the Titans in addition to the AFC West teams. And then you got to go on the road to Arizona, to Cincinnati, to Houston, to yeah. Indianapolis, to the 49ers and to the Buccaneers in addition to the AFC West teams as well. So um, nobody knows what those teams are going to be by the time we get to 2022, but anything stand out.
0: I'm going to be honest, side. I don't care one bit. <laughs> like uh, It's not from a schedule perspective. It's not, I'm, I'm not even going to think twice about it right now. Cause uh, you, some of those teams you named off, I'm like, they may have, they may have a coaching change. They may have a coaching change. A player may end up leaving. So. Yeah.
1: Will Russell Wilson still be in Seattle. Um, I think the bigger question will be if Pete Carroll still, in Seattle. well, I mean, or, well, either one still in? I mean, one, one or the other probably will be, but who knows? I,
0: I think it's going to be one or the other. And that will it be the Trey
1: Lance show in San Francisco. Uh, yeah, or no, will that's they draft definitely going to be another, the case. Will they draft another quarterback?
0: Because <laughs> at the time we're taping this, the only coach that had technically been relieved of their duties was Vic Fangio by the, uh, but or, or the I mean, Urban Meyer
1: earlier in their year so.
0: Well, those have been known for a while with the Raiders and with the Jaguars. So those, those aren't really, but at the time you may be listening to this, more coaches may be gone at this point from uh, Chicago and Minnesota, and we'll see about the New York giants. What happens there? (laughs) Um, I I know the road, the giants should go, but they may be stubborn and not do it. And then the Raiders will be an interesting case study in the next couple of weeks, what road they go down. And Something that a lot of people aren't talking about, but I'm gonna be keeping my eye on is uh what happens in Tampa. I don't know people will be like, what they're they're the Super Bowl champions, why would anything happen? You know, I mean Bruce Harris is gonna be 70 in October. Yeah, and there's there's only so much longer that, that team has left before that before they're gonna have to kind of build that thing all over again. And Tom Brady's gonna be 45. So I mean Tampa. This is kind of one of those – this this may be that, that last gasp for Tampa to try to repeat with Tom before they get to start making some decisions down there about what roads are going to go and what coaches are going to be where and all that type of stuff. So yeah. that one's going to be intriguing, like Minnesota. I mean, that one's going to be very
1: intriguing, and there's some uh, – Well, good, the, other, um, the other factor I think in Tampa is um, – does somebody come get Todd Bowles, you know, and does that, ha- what, what impact does that have on, on what they've got going down there? Because they're, you know, like you said, depending on how many vacancies are out there, there's going to be some, some, some other coaches moving around. Um, you know, um, yeah, I think Vic Fangio is going to make a fine defensive coordinator for somebody next year. If he wants to keep working, um, you know, and he didn't work out as a head coach, but the man can coach defense says, so you know, where does, where does he end up? We probably won't be coming back to Denver as the D coordinator, so we can rule that
0: definitely rule out that one. We can um, rule that I, one out, but I feel like the two leading candidates is potentially if Jim Harbaugh happens to either go to Las Vegas or if he happens to go to Chicago. Um I mean, or, had
1: some success in Chicago before, so
0: or if Fangio potentially decides that he wants to go down to Jacksonville with uh new head coach down there is going to be a seasoned veteran head coach probably that can who they probably think can develop a quarterback
1: yeah is it gonna be you
0: no no okay. it is not not gonna be me um but i, I was hoping like,
1: that i was hoping to break news here on the fourth and one podcast. I, I feel I yeah well i think it'd be it
0: um but i mean i, I feel like the Jaguars probably closing in on either doug peterson jim caldwell or below brian I think I personally think Doug Peterson's going to be the one that gets that job down there, but we'll see still early, still early in the process. And we'll see what happens with David Coley, uh, down in Houston. And if
1: the, the Deshaun Watson situation has got to get resolved one way or another, this off season, like, um, you would think like that they've, they've either got to trade him. They've got to put him on the exempt list or, or something, uh, you know, but, um, that was an odd circumstance for him to inherit and, And look, I mean, they went four and 13, two of their wins were against, you know, the, the Jacksonville Jaguars, but listen, Jacksonville did knock off the Colts. So, um, but they also, you know, they also took down the Titans and the chargers this year. So there were some positive signs and given the revolving door, they had at quarterback and some of the other roster challenges they had, um, you know, I mean, I, I, you know, I think Coley's got something to build off there. Uh, You know, the the foundation's now set and, you, you know, we'll see where they go from there
0: well when call said in the press conference afterwards that he didn't the way he kind of said that he wouldn't there were, the way he phrased now the, the coaching staff that there were there were going to be any coaching staff changes or expected all the coaches back that that kind of perked my ears cuz i'm like yeah you know they may they may want some changes for you to keep that head coaching gig and so i i wouldn't be stunned if the if the uh if the Houston Patriots um didn't try to go to that New England tree and try to What are to they gonna do? Rangers. Bring back
1: Bill O'Brien? <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't be
0: it wouldn't surprise me if Jared Mayo or maybe um Josh McDaniels potentially maybe one of them sneaks down to Houston. That wouldn't that wouldn't stun me.
1: Yeah, we'll see. I mean McDaniels obviously been a head coach before, you know, and and you know, who knows whether he wants you know, he he might be in a situation where he's kind of waiting for bill to retire and, and, you know, make his bones there. So
0: that is definitely the decision he's going to have to make, but I don't, I don't feel like they did call any favors this year roster wise. And I'm not, I'm not knocking him one bit on the job he did. I think he did the best under the circumstances. I think he seeded them in my opinion, but
1: I absolutely, I thought they were going, I thought they were in the Jaguars were going to be far and away. The two worst teams in the NFL. It turned out they were, pretty darn bad giants Tex- are terrible
0: giants but, are the giants may have a different record than them but the giants are awful
1: but but the texans were were more competitive and had more impressive wins um yeah. than those other teams um and when and half the time with davis mills at you know right at, at quarterback i mean um you know and, and a collection of guys you've never heard of at other play you know at other spots so um yeah there's a lot to build and they've you know they've mortgaged you know, chunks of their future here and there, but um, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I think David Coley, you know, um, should should be like I said, he's got he he built the foundations and he's I think they the the trajectory would obviously you got to think it's going to go up there in Houston, and and look, depending on what happens with the Deshaun Watson situation, that franchise changes wholesale if Deshaun Watson somehow ends up being the quarterback there again at some point or if you get a lot of draft capital for a Deshaun Watson. So
0: we'll see how all that shakes out.
1: So, all right. Anything else you want to add?
0: No, I think we can, uh, we can call it a, call it a day here on the fourth and one podcast and we can preview more
1: later on this week. All right. I'll leave you with this. If you don't follow the iron Sheik on Twitter, um, you know, he has his moments, <laughs> tonight so as he said even chris weber don't call that time out <laughs> <laughs> which makes me sad too because i was a big fab five fan so that was heartbreaking when it thinking back on that that game
0: it's, well, it's,
1: it, enough time has passed clearly though For it to well, be it's,
0: it's good to know that he was watching sunday night football i just wonder if it was in <laughs> kansas city or pittsburgh for the ratings
1: purposes <laughs> we'll, we'll find out so all right uh with that um Congratulations on the playoffs. Now you know who to go after and take care.